right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired up to, for uh, for today, man. We're going to learn a lot. I got a feeling we're going to have uh, a higher level of education dropped on us in the next, you know, 20, 30 minutes or so, Kev. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to roll out here with some more skills, some more knowledge, <laughs> you know, because uh, we've got one of the top builders in the world on it. And I tell you, man, both of us, uh, I think we agree on this point. We love builders because we love building. Right, and who, yeah. who doesn't love hanging out with people that, you know, are kind of just like you, at least men mentally. Now, this guy is clearly on another level, right, than we are, but that's okay, because we can, you know, we can try to achieve, we can try to, you know, work our way up the ladder a little bit. Kev, there's gotta be somebody that sits on the curb and claps when the Levi Greens of the world walks by. That's us, man. You know, it's <laughs> like, hey, hey, hey yo, my woo! man. My man, yeah. wow, doing the stuff. Um, you know, it's cool, whenever you see, you know, you know, man, we've approached car building and, you know, uh, in, a, in a really cool way, stepping back and looking, you know, from the outside in and being a, and just a little bit on the inside in this industry of ours. We've seen some incredible challenges, amazing hurdles. Um, what really is the builder's own persona? And so I say we know this just adapting the cars that you and I have uh, built, me most recently for CMU a few years back. But that was a big reflection of who you are as a person, as a driver, uh, and as an enthusiast, right? Same way with me in that wide body charger I did this year. When you look at his website and you see these cars, and whether they're patina or it's the stance, he crushes the stance, dude. Like this dude's main ingredient in every meal is stance. Yeah, with a with little a side, side of, of stance. steak. Yeah, dude, and <laughs> and a little bit of America thrown in there, man. I mean, it is. He's crushing the stance and everything he touches has this like mobby mentality. This like, I'm going to smash on you a little bit. It's a little gritty, grindy, grimy, and it all mixed into some badass attitude. And I love it, man. These are, these are really cool, righteous rides, man. Just awesome stuff to see. Yeah. You know, I got to meet uh, Levi a long time ago. I was just kind of doing some math in my head. It was probably about 18 years ago. He was back at Ooh. Rad Rides by Troy. Uh, building some nasty rides, 32 roadsters, you name it. 
uh, and and I've kind of got to see the progression over the years. And it's cool when you you catch somebody, let's say fairly early on, and you know they're going to be a shooting star. You know, you just got that feeling. You see the talent. You see where they're going. And then, man, you blink a few times and you turn around and they're just flying. You know, you blink a few more times and they're just skyrocketing way up into the atmosphere. And that's that's kind of where Levi is. Uh, you know, he's gone through all of the, you know, the biotech training. He's gone through the apprenticeships. He's gone through working for other people. And he has blown out the other side uh, with his own shop, his own sort of tool company, his training. Uh, and he is just a force to be reckoned with. And it's been a great journey to, to watch. And I'm super excited to catch back up with him uh, and just kind of, you know, rub elbows over the, you know, the airwaves here. Uh, and catch up a little bit and, and get a little bit into his mind on kind of how that process has gone and, and uh, you know, what he's learned over the years. And, and that's where maybe you and I can pick his brain a little bit and get some tricks and tips uh, to put on our next build. I, I, I want to know. I want to know. I got to ask you this question, man, because I feel like me, I, man, if I only I had more time because we have regular nine to five jobs. Um, but I have so many cars that I own that I'm like, ooh, that's going to make a great project. Oh, that's going to be a dirty little cool build. Ooh, I can't wait to do that one. I've got so many projects I'm never going to finish. But I'm sure, like, as a builder, you see some of these things and you imagine the end product, uh, you know, fairly fast. It's the journey to get there that's that's so challenging and rewarding. But, man, I bet he's got some stories of seeing a car or a truck in a field, seeing a wagon, seeing something and going, I can make that look so stupid cool. So I can't wait to hear that adventure and, and sort of how he makes that decision because God, there's a lot of cars out there where we say the same thing. So let's take a break, man. When we come back, Levi Green, check it out, man. Hammer Fab, it is amazing stuff. We're going to be right back with the man behind it all. He is Kevin Bird, I'm Willie B, and this is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired up Levi Green. Check this out, you guys. You want to see something. And there's a certain personality the instant you see this man's website. Hammer Fab. Go check it out. Hammer Fab. All one word. And you'll see almost instantaneously, like, as soon as you go to their builds, see some of their videos, you're like, yeah, I get along with this guy just fine. Um, man, Levi. You really have a knack for picking some wild, cool rides. And I'm, I got to tell you, man, out of all things I've seen on all your builds, just zipping through the website, good God, you got that stance game murdered, bro. You got it on lock. You're killing it. Uh, it's awesome, man. Well, thank you, man. Yeah, welcome to the show, man. And, man, awesome. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to catching up. It's been a long time. Uh, you know, I've seen you up close years ago. I've seen you from afar. I've seen all the things you've accomplished. And I mean, let me just rattle off a couple. This guy has won the Riddler, not once, but twice. That's one of the top awards you could win anywhere in the world, yeah. right? Uh, Street Save Rod of the Year. Save some Riddlers for the other people, Levi. Save yeah, for Legend the Cup, Barrett Jackson, the Ford Design Award at SEMA, the GM Design Award at SEMA. I mean, the Mother Shine Award. He has pretty much stolen it all. I wouldn't say stolen. He's probably earned it. But, you know, he's snatched it up. He's just taking it home with him. Yeah. And I, I can't take credit for all of it. You know, those are, those are things that I've been a part of 
uh, some of them at other shops, but recently, you know, we have been getting some uh, some of those with our own shops, so that's pretty cool you too. Just, you just showing off at this point. Hey, man, your hands are all <laughs> over it. Yep, your influence is all over it, and I'm sure, uh, you know, you have learned so much along the way, being a part of all these different uh, builds and whatnot over the years. Uh, which one of those? Because you know, we can see your latest and greatest, right? And it's probably got a lot of your own fingerprints on it. Um, and, and, you know, we got to recognize that from a builder standpoint, you just don't go build cars all by yourself for yourself. I mean, these things have 10,000 hours on them or more. So you need a team. Sometimes you need a lot, of time, a lot of time. Uh, you need a lot of money. So you're really dictated a lot by your clients. Like what is their yeah. style? They may want a certain car. They might want it to look a certain way, but then as a builder, you're always trying to maybe influence them. Like, hey, what yeah. about this stance? You know, what about these wheels? What about this shape? Uh, yeah. What's been one of your favorite builds over the years and, and what, what did you like about the whole thing? Um, I, I would say kind of the pinnacle of what I've been involved with was obviously the Riddler. You know, the one, the first love 36 Ford that we did at Troy's was, was yeah. I mean, at the time it was top of the top, unbeatable. I mean, basically, you know, before that was it, Chip Foose's impression, which was awesome as well. You know, those cars are very influential um, to me. And, uh, you know, I've paid attention to Foose over the years and his styling and artistic ability and all that. Obviously, I admire that. Um, but, you know, the one that I kind of like to put the feather in my hat is for the 39 Olds that we did um, at the one, the Riddler in Gosh, I can't remember. I think it was 2016. Um, but that one, uh, basically, that was an opportunity that I had to basically hand build a car from scratch. I mean, it was as close as I'll ever probably get. Uh, you know, maybe not. Maybe we'll get another chance in the future. But um, basically, it started out as an Oldsmobile, and then it, it went through some uh, different shops that kind of didn't treat it right and did some poor work to it. And uh, my my task was to win the Riddler. That was what I got hired on to help this shop do. And, um, so with that goal in mind, you know, if you have that kind of goal from the get go, you can win, but you know, uh, I'm sure you know a little bit about the, the Riddler award. And if you don't have that goal in mind from day one, you're not going to win it. You're just going to be one of the, the seven second places. Yeah. We, we had a good conversation. Uh, I don't know if you know, Murray path. He's, he's a yeah. local designer. Yeah. We, we just had him on talking about the latest, uh, Autorama and, and Riddler and what it takes to get on the grade eight and what it takes to win. And for anybody who hasn't listened to that podcast yet, I mean, there's, there's a rule book, right? I mean, and so just like racing, you're trying to fit within the rules. Uh, you know, so you're building this badass car, but you're also thinking about how am I gaining points as I go? So yeah, you, you clearly got to go in thinking about those constraints, but also building probably one of the most beautiful cars that you could imagine. Yeah. Kevin, you're absolutely missing the biggest point. And the biggest point is you got to go in one of them bills without a budget. <laughs> you don't have no budget. I miss the point like, all the time, Willie. Yeah. Hey, like, dialing man, me in, man. You got to go in with one of those with like, there is no budget. This is just going to cost a hell of a lot, but you're going to win. Shut up and enjoy the ride. That's all that is right there. That's an income flex. And I'm glad, Levi, you got to be a part of it. Here's a question, Levi. Yeah. My, my question is two, two parts. First part being just a yes or no answer. Are you a driver? Uh... Nah, I wouldn't. Cons I, I love driving. What do you mean, like race driver or what? Yeah, do you like to get out on a road course, tear it up? You like to do donuts, burnouts, any of that? Well, re recently I've gotten into doing some of the autocross stuff. Uh, I'm not okay. I'm not an expert at it, but it sure is a lot of fun. I want to do. That's all I need to know. It's a lot of fun. 
second yeah. question is, have you ever had the experience or opportunity to take something out that you have built with the owner's permission or whatever and just hammer time it, just absolutely have a blast with it to the point where you were just, you know, you almost didn't want to give it up? Not really, not a customer's car. Uh, you know, I've got to drive a couple of really high-end cars that I was like almost too afraid to drive. Ritzo's 32 Ford Roadster was one of them. I put that around the fairgrounds one time. And, you know, I was scared, scared to death, man. I thought I was yeah. <laughs> well, Willie, you, you got to think there's a little bit of difference between what you might pull out of your shop, your barn, uh, and what he's built for a particular customer. Some of these rides uh, are well of seven figures. Oh, yeah. um, and so those are a little nerve wracking. I think for anybody, probably even the owner who could afford it in the first place. Um, but on his website, it says he builds everything from cars and coffee rides to the full on custom. So I was just curious if he's ever gotten to take a customer's ride out with the permission of the you know customer and just hanging out and have some fun if he was impressed by his by his work and if you got ever got you know an experience like that. No, not really. I mean, we haven't really, we try not to beat on them too much. I mean, we do test them out a little bit once we get them roadworthy. Um, you know, we did a little Apache here recently, 59 Apache. We didn't build the whole truck, but we did some uh, update job type things to it, suspension, uh, stuff like that. Got it where it was like enjoyable to drive. So we don't, we don't only do the full builds. I really enjoy doing the full builds. I like doing the bigger projects, but you know, that truck in particular, it was scary when the customer dropped it off like literally the suspension was falling off of it and um when we got done with it it's it was cool because i i did some not donuts but i did some pretty hard driving with it out of the parking lot <laughs> a customer i sent the customer a video of it just to show him hey man you can drive it now and he was like man i didn't know you could drive something like that uh, that's awesome <laughs> Hey, I, I always I always refer to it as spirited driving. Yeah, so, exactly. That way, no one can pin you down for anything too abusive. It's just it's spirited, you know. Just it's letting it breathe. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is a awesome build. You guys got to check out a few of these. The is that fifty eight or fifty nine Apache? Because that thing the is blue, the the blue one is a fifty eight. That's mine actually. That's one okay. that I've had since I was fourteen. Um, and I don't know if we have pictures of the orange one on there or not. Yeah, the 58, look that up, is badass in the 39 Oldsmobile. Incredible. Uh, Will, you should look that one up too, man. That I, I saw that one at SEMA. I was all over that car looking at all the details on it. I mean, phenomenal. It shows kind of your spectrum of, you know, just slammed and mean and nasty, you know, patina on the one end to just fully classy, uh, you know, very, I mean, beautiful just absolutely purely beautiful of a ride uh perfect in every way every detail so you've got the full spectrum of talent there's no doubt about it and the cool thing is we'll get to maybe uh, after the break is you are teaching that talent to the next generation of folks whatever age uh with some of your coursework so hang on to that one man we'll get into some of those details because uh, i'm excited to hear what's available Okay. Levi, what's your process of finding a project for you or the shop or something you want to represent? You know, Levi Green uh, as, you know, a, another cool build, something you might be throwing down for, you know, your own taste or own shop or something that you want out, out there representing 
kind of your name. What's that process you go through and how do you keep it real unique, but something that, you know, will be accepted main, you know, across the mainstream, but it's yeah. still wild, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's kind of tough because you, like I said, you're kind of limited by your customers and what they want. Um, you know, some of them I've been doing lately are my, my builds. Um, and some of that is just to help get my brand out there and promote it the way I want it. Um, but you know, we have several customer builds in the shop right now and they're all going to be pretty nasty. Um, a lot of trucks that we're doing down here in Texas. Um, but basically, you know, I'm always trying to strive for excellence and, and do the next best thing and do the next better thing and, you know, reach those clients that want that high end service, um, and something that nobody else has. And so, um, you know, we've got, uh, we're kind of known for taking on the more complex stuff, um, a lot of times we get stuff that has been to other shops and been kind of hacked up or uh, whatever, you know, they had, they had somebody working on it that, that didn't have this, the same skill level. And um, you know, but we're faced with that challenge often to basically take what they've got and they're willing to still go forward with it. And sometimes it's kind of sad to see these customers, you know, they basically spend a bunch of money and, and get a whole lot of nothing, but it's very rewarding to be able to save a project like that and and basically earn a customer and sometimes a friend uh you know that will uh be a repeat customer well you got 3d scanning 3d printing you got all, all these tools that most people wouldn't have access to right that that allows you to kind of gap that that you know bridge that gap in a way yeah yeah so i mean uh you know we've got some odd back to like vehicle choice and stuff like that you know we've got some kind of oddball stuff we've got I like working on the older stuff, but we've also got like a 2017 GMC truck in there. And just for example, you know, uh, the guy actually met the, the, the guy and his boys at one of my metal shaping classes. And uh, I've met several clients that way, actually. It seems like they, they come, they want to learn how to do it, but then they also want to kind of feel me out and see what I'm all about and see what the shop's all about before they say, hey, you want to build something for me? And that's happened several times. And uh, But this guy with the GMC, you know, he said, Hey, I want to, you know, I'm thinking about getting this truck and, and it'd be a project between me and my boy and uh, kind of a collaborative thing. And would you be willing to work on something newer like that? And I said, man, I'll work on anything as long as you want it nicer than most people are doing those trucks, <laughs> you know? So, uh, you know, we're just, we're not really limited to any particular vehicle or, or uh, you know, your model or anything like that, but Basically, we're going to put the hammer fab spin on it, and it's yeah. it's going to, you know, in my mind, it's going to be nicer than most of the other vehicles or options out there when it's done. What's your what's your favorite part of the build process? Um, you know, some people just like the design; they just want to get it on paper. They got they got something in their head they want to get out. Uh, you know, there's the metalwork, there's the paint and body, there's the interior, there's just wiring. I mean, you name it. There's so many aspects of a build. What what's some of your favorites, and what, what do you really get a kick out of? Man, now that I'm running, running the business, you know, I kind of get a kick out of running the business, honestly. Um, I know that might sound weird, but there's just so many aspects to, the, to running the shop and managing employees and customers and ordering parts and all the things. You know, I'm a creative person. Um, I really like, I, actually, I just got, another, I got an iPad so I can start practicing drawing on an iPad because I feel like I, I've just been lacking in that department for so many years. I know I can do it. I just need to practice um, so I want to be able to bring more of that kind of stuff in-house instead of, uh, outsourcing stuff. So we're trying to bring all that stuff. I just, I, I've always loved just making things. I've always loved building things with my hands. 
Um, you know, whether it's woodworking or I love the upholstery stuff. I mean, I can do a little bit of sewing, um, but really I get a kick. I honestly get a kick out of figuring out the next thing, whether that's a sewing machine and, or uh, solid works. You know, I taught myself how to do solid works from YouTube videos and I'm constantly getting better at that. And there's so much to learn and people have helped me learn that, but I get a kick out of figuring it out enough so that I know a little bit about it and then finding the guy that's better than me to do it for me. All right, man. You're not going to skate out of this this question that easy. Who the hell sets a stance up on your rides, man? Who's responsible <laughs> for that? How do they do it? What's the process? <laughs> they get the rims. They drop the body down on the car. How do they do that? Explain. Please share with us minions. You got to have the eye for it first. You know, I think yes. uh, I think Foose said it a long time ago, you know, you can make anything look cool if you got the right stance and wheel and tire fitment. So yeah, that's something that I've always paid attention to. And I, I, I agree 100%. Um, but yeah, I mean, we mock things up. We don't, we don't let parts or sheet metal that's in the way dictate the way this vehicle needs to look. We cut it out of the way. We order the right parts. We make the parts if we need to, to get it sitting the way it looks right. I love your version of right. Yeah. You, you nail it. Whatever your process is, don't change it. It's good. It's working. It's working. <laughs> All right, man. We're gonna take a quick break, but I'm pretty excited to hear about some of the technologies you guys have. You guys have because Willie just mentioned, right? You got 3D scanning and printing, which you know everybody hears about all the time. But I mean, that's a fairly new thing being adapted into hot rodding and all the things that you can do with it. So maybe you can kind of fill us in on, you know, what what are you guys leveraging that for? What kind of you know areas on the vehicle? And uh, again, I want to get back to some of that training. So if any of you guys out there are thinking about you know, learning to TIG weld, learning to shape metal. Uh, you're a little intimidated? Well, here's a guy that you can go to uh, and really break it down into all the little steps and you can walk out that door with a whole, no whole lot of knowledge uh, in your brain and a little bit of skills in your fingertips. So uh, let's take a break. Send us out, Willie, and we'll be right back. All right, it is Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We're back after the break. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We got Levi Green, Hammer Fab. You guys check out the website, man. Oh, go to builds. Melt a little bit. Oh, man. I, I got to tell you, man, some of the cars, some of the rides, the videos, it all looks great, but I, I feel like you're going to outgrow that shop fairly soon, boss. Oh, man. That's on my list of things to talk about. We are getting ready to move. Yeah, we are, we are tapped for space. I've been in this uh, building uh, it's 5,000 square feet right now, and we are we are maxed out. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of builds in there, and we've got a few employees, and, uh, yeah, it's time to move on to bigger things. So. That's exciting. Yeah, man, bigger, yeah. better. Oof. Yeah. Moving on up. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so here in August, we're going to be moving to a little bit bigger place. It's a nicer building. Just down the road, not too far, but uh, we're all excited about it. The guys are excited about it. Perfect. So. Perfect. Well, giddy up. So you're just got more classes in there, right? More training, more, more learning opportunities. I just want to make the whole experience a little bit better. You know, like right now we, we have to kind of reset the shop every time we have a class. And so I'd like to have uh, the opportunity to just kind of have a space that's kind of already set up for classes so that we don't have to redo everything every time. Um, so yeah, it allows us to do stuff like that. Nice. Well, before we dive into that, man, tell us, how are you using the 3D printing? Because you can print all kinds of stuff, right? And now we're yeah. getting into 
printing, you know, metal even, which is way yeah. high dollars. I mean, that's, I think the oh, yeah. next kind of grab, but I, I, you know, I catch from my builder buddies, everybody's trying to get into the plastics for trim and whatnot. Yeah. So where are you guys utilizing it so far and where do you see it heading? Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've been fascinated by 3d printing since I started hammer fab. I mean, technically I started it in 2014 when I started making my products, which are dimple dies. Mainly I started out with one dimple die and, um, but I didn't have a lot of money for, um, cash flowing big piles of billet parts. You know, if you want to have a guy CNC lay the bunch of dimple dies for you, he wants to do a thousand of them at a time. You know, he didn't want to do 10 of them usually. So um, and that costs a lot of money to have those parts. And then they, you know, if they're sitting around and can't sell them, well, that, that doesn't really work out that well. So what I did was I, I found uh, a website. It's called Shapeways. Um, that's how I got started using 3D printing. And they basically had a service where you could upload your file of anything you wanted, whether it's a bracelet or whatever. And they were just basically selling trinkets and stuff on there. Well, I, I saw that they were they had a metal printing service on there and it wasn't, it wasn't solid stainless or solid tool steel or anything. It was a bronze infused uh, stainless. So it was kind of a two stage process where they would 3d print a stainless, basically like a stainless sponge that was the structure. And then they would put that sponge shape in a vat of bronze powder and then put it in a autoclave thing and it heats it up and the bronze soaks into the stainless sponge and becomes a re actually a really solid metal part. And I, I tested it out just to, cause I didn't have a lot of money for CNC parts and I was doing this in my garage. And so I would order, it allowed me to order one at a time and, you know, they, they'd be 20 or 30 or 40 bucks a piece for this one little piece of metal. And, uh, but I got to test some things out and see if it would work. You, I found out you can actually drill and tap this stuff and it holds a thread really well. And it's actually very hard because of the process. It kind of gets a little bit work hardened. And um, so, you know, I found out, Hey, I can sell these things and I can just kind of slowly ramp this up and see if it's going to work and turn into a business or not. And um, so I did that and just one at a time, literally I wasn't making any money on these things. I was just testing the waters and, but people were buying them. People were buying this 3d printed stuff. A lot of it just because it was a cool tool. And, uh, but I've, uh, recently had a guy on TikTok that did a, a video using one of my original 3d printed dies showing people how to use it. So, um, but we're no longer, uh, using 3d printing for our dimple dies. Now that I, I kind of use that as a proof of concept. And now that I, I saw that they were selling and it was going to be a pretty unique tool and people wanted them and they wanted different sizes and, kits and all these things. Um, we, we have those CNC machine now on the CNC lathe uh, out of tool steel and we have them hardened and everything, but we do still sell. Another thing that I utilized the 3d printing for was our backer pads. We sell a uh, uh, three inch, two inch backer pad for Rolox style abrasive disc, which pretty much every body shop or hot rod shop in the country has those. So um, we started out with a rigid nylon version and so Shapeways, they would print, uh, they had SLS uh, printing machines. So that's selective, selective laser centering. So it starts out as a very fine powder and layer by layer, there's a laser that melts these layers of uh, nylon together and creates pretty much a 100% solid part. And so I, there again, I tested this stuff and actually I, the first one I ordered was gonna be a prototype for a metal version that I was wanting to make. 
And come to find out this nylon was super durable. It's tough. Yeah. You can do it's a lot tough. with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I tested it on a, a, you know, grinder and RPMs held up. They never blew apart on me or nothing. So I was like, dang, man, these are going to probably be something cool. So, uh, started out with a three inch one and then did a two inch. And then we did some ones that are specific for making, helping you make nice clean gaps on your door gaps and stuff. And we've got some ratty backer ones. They got a radius, specific radius on the edge. So instead of uh, instead of cutting your disc and making it like a flapper disc, yeah. you can just use this radius. Um, and then we've recently started making uh, 3D printed rubber ones. So you can actually 3D print rubber um, with this S SLS technology. Yeah. So I actually, uh, yeah, I went through phases of that. You know, they're again trying to test the market to see, how, you know, how uh, how well they would sell and they sell very well still to this day. And um, they're actually made right down the road from me. Uh, we don't have the printer in-house for that because it's like uh, well, brand new and it's probably over a hundred grand for the, for the machine. But um, you know, that's something that eventually we may bring in-house. I got a question for you. I, you know, we've had a podcast before with a buddy of mine, Sterling, who 3D printed a Lamborghini. Lamborghini got behind it. and Really? And this, and, yeah, it's, it's nuts. It's insane. Where do you think as a builder – 3d printing and this process is going to be five to 10 years from now. What do you see as a snapshot in the, into the future of building, you know, say seven, eight, nine years from now with this technology, you know, coming so fast at us. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things I'm trying to kind of get ahead of the curve, uh, you know, with technology, I feel, uh, I feel like if you don't as a, as a hot rod shop or if you're going to get kind of left in the dust, um, you know, the stuff's expensive, but, uh, that was one of the hardest things for me to kind of wrap my head around getting on board with this technology stuff was the cost of it. But if you, you know, kind of think of it like a Pomax or power hammer, you know, those are expensive yeah. too. Yeah. And, and they're, they're tools and you got to learn how to use it. And I just think a lot of people are afraid to learn and grow and you just, you have to with technology these days and everything's going that direction. So, um, and honestly, you get better results, um, less, less manual labor, you know, it frees us up to be able to do more cool things that you can't do with a 3d printer. You know, there's still going to be some of those things that, that will always have to be done by hand. Well, I, th I think you nailed it because 3d printing is expensive on volume. Once you've got a tool that stamps out parts or molds parts or whatever, uh, but to do the first one or two or three, it's incredibly expensing, expensive if you got to tool it up. So to do 3D printing for, you know, part development, tool development like you're doing completely makes sense. And if you think about it, like you just mentioned on a hot rod, just about everything built on it is a one off. So it kind of lends itself right for that environment versus where I'm in the OE and we're making tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands. Yeah, it's kind of hard to do on a scale like that. Uh, you think about, right, you you got a pull max. It's going to cost you X thousands and thousands of dollars. Well, then you think about the hours it would take to do some complicated door panels or center consoles or whatever else. Uh, if you can whip that up in CAD fairly quickly, boy, you can print that thing out in, you know, overnight and come back the next morning and it's kind of ready to install, ready to be wrapped with whatever leather and exterior colors, paints. Um, yeah. So I could see yeah. where you know, it, it's going to kind of blend in and change the game a little bit in these one-off builds, right? What you can do and just, you know, efficiency. 
Yeah, I think that one of the challenges is, you know, for hot rod stuff, we need a, we need to, if we're going to print some stuff like consoles or door panels or whatever, you need a machine that's pretty big and that can print, you know, not crazy expensive, but can print a end use product. It's not just a prototype anymore. We don't want to just print prototypes all day. We want to actually use it. And so there are, are actually some machines coming out that are relatively affordable. You know, they're still a hundred grand or 60 grand or whatever, but in the grand scheme of things, they're, they can be right in your shop. They're basically like an employee. They, they work all, all the hours of the night and don't complain, you know, <laughs> yeah. they don't work over, they don't need to work overtime, you know, all the things, but, uh, and they're producing a perfect part and, uh, actually went to, uh, I went to a seminar here recently. First one I've been to, uh, master tech expo out in phoenix arizona and they had uh, a lot of technology out there and that's the reason i went because i wanted to just get uh soaked up even more with it but they had some very large 3d printers out there and i there's several i know of a few shops already that have those machines in their shop printing printing door panels and stuff but like you said i mean you found at least one of the outfits uh there's several companies out there that have the equipment because when you're sitting on something like that, you want to run it all the time, like a CNC machine. Yeah. If you're only going to CNC something every now and then, forget it, yeah. outsource it. Uh, but if you think about it, uh, a lot of shops, you can get into it with maybe a scanner and some CAD. And then for the first however many, you send it out and you get the parts made. And there you go. Uh, and you might even find out that there's just not enough consistency to use a machine constantly to buy one. So there's a lot yeah. of great options to use that kind of technology in a smart kind of way. Yeah. Well, hey man, before we run out of time, um, hit us up real quick on some of your training classes, uh, what you guys teach, how do people find them, how do they find you? Uh, and then you guys have a whole line of, sh of metal forming tools. Uh, yeah. Give us the quick rundown. Okay, yeah, so uh, if you go to our website, hammerfab.com, we've got all our products and stuff on there, including our seminars. So we teach seminars on location in Liberty Hill, Texas. Uh, on you know regular fairly regular basis um um we'll have about 10 students per class try and limit it to about 10 so that we can give everybody the attention they need we've done tig welding classes we we cover in that in that class we cover um a little bit of everything it's not like uh it's not gonna get you dialed in 100 but it'll get you kind of a taste of what tig welding is and all the the common metals you know steel stainless steel aluminum and we even get into a little bit of titanium just for fun um but then we do uh you know we've done chop top classes in the past we may do another one of those because i've got a car i need to, another car to chop um but uh yeah if you've never chopped a top before <laughs> that's a pretty cool class there's a lot to think about, you know, a lot to think about. Yeah, there's a lot that you learn. It's not just, you know, you may never chop a top on a car, but there's so many things you learn in that class that pertain, that ha that you have to know to yeah. do that. There's a lot of skills put together and a lot of planning. Uh, I'd say if you're going to do a chop top, don't just go chop it off. You got to think about because everything's on kind of an angle. So if you take a, a chunk, a two or three inch chunk out of it and drop it down, it, it doesn't fit anymore. So you got to figure out where you're sectioning and how you're going to blend in. Yeah. That's a neat one. And it's got to look cool. You don't want to just chop it. Oh, it hell yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, man. That's the whole point. Exactly. But we do, uh, we've done classes on uh, making custom floor pans um, and we show how to do it our way. And a lot of people are like, well, I don't have the tools that you have. And I'm, you know, a lot of times people take our classes and they end up buying the tools that we have or similar tools um, because they want to up their game. 
But, you know, in my, mm-hmm. in my mind, one of the reason I teach the classes is because uh, I've seen too many uh, customers bring me, bring me stuff that's been butchered by other shops. And it's really sad, you know, some of the, the quality work that people are doing. And it's not necessarily their fault. It's not necessarily all their fault. Um, it's, and so instead of complaining about it and blaming everybody else, I decided, you know what? Somebody's going to do something about it and share the knowledge and teach, teach people how to do stuff better. Because otherwise, job security is going to be fixing everybody else's crap for the rest of my life. And I don't want that, you know? <laughs> so, um, but we have a fun time teaching the classes. Um, get, get to meet a lot of really cool people, a lot of talented people. We'll get people come from, other big shops, sometimes they, the owners come and send their employees. I have people from all over the country, um, even, uh, even a couple from Canada. Isn't that like inviting the, your, I don't know, your arch rival high school football team over to the uh, offensive coach meeting? <laughs> yeah, part of it is. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you take the risk of uh, training competition for sure, but, you know. But, uh, hey, we appreciate it, though. That's awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, yeah, I, enjoy, I enjoy it. I really enjoy the teaching. Yeah, I can see it's a it's a, it's a forgotten talent, and the more more we can get it out there, get people enthusiastic about it, and, and feeling that passion, um, you know, the, it's obvious the demand is out there. The supply, unfortunately, is lacking. So, man, we could ramp that up. It'd be awesome. I think everybody wants to know what a hot rod. It's great. <laughs> um, all right, man. Well, look, don't forget about our show, Air Weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. You can also find it on Motor Trend Plus, which is a streaming service and a great resource. Thanks to our guest, Levi Green. Check out hammerfab.com, you guys. Hammerfab.com. Our producer, Scoop, executive producer, Bob Ecker. He is Kevin Bird, and I am Willie B for the Two Guys Garage podcast. Right on. And don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com. Share your thoughts with us on social, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Guys Garage. Uh, Two Guys Garage Podcast. It's copyrighted 2022, Britain Productions Incorporated. All rights reserved. Man, I'm all fired up. I want to go weld on something. I want to go beat on some metal. Hey, we're on TikTok too. We're on TikTok now too. All right, TikTok. Go TikTok. <laughs> all right, hey man. Um, Levi, you ever, you ever done your personality and spin on a muscle car? I would love to do a muscle car, actually. We don't have any in the shop right now. Um, I would love to do a muscle car. I've got a couple in my mind that I would like to do for me, but uh, you know, I'd love to do them for a customer also. I'd rather do them for a customer. So There you go, clients. There you go, clients. You know where to go. We just told you. We just told you. We got a guy. We got a guy for what, you. What's your favorite brand? Are you thinking of Mopar muscle car? Oh, no Ford. Road Chevy. Man, I would, I would love to, I would love to do a '68 or '9 Barracuda notchback, or a first gen Camaro. I know the Camaros are been done, but I just love the way. I got both of those, man. We'll talk. I got both of those. (laughs) (laughs) All right, start saving your saving your pennies there, Willie. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right, we'll catch you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Y'all take care. Two Guys Garage podcast is produced by Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.